The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Welcome everybody to the Notorious OTB. That's right, we are Notorious. We are brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. And I've got with me, um, I mean, he might have failed to menace, but he succeeded (laughs) to steal our hearts. Matthew DeSantis (laughs) at Failed to Menace. How's it going, buddy? Going great, Chase. It's so glad to be. I'm so happy to be back. Always great talking to you. Always great talking ponies and and great talking Saratoga. Uh, yeah. So it's a great season up there and a lot of surprises uh, and a lot of storylines coming out of Saratoga this summer. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's been a pretty good meet uh, so far. I'll tell you what. I started off uh, colder than the polar bear's toenails, uh, and then really uh, you started putting more time into it. I think I, I wasn't putting an, as much time as a Saratoga demands into yeah. it. And so I slowed down. I started making my own pace projections again, my bootleg time form pace projections mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I have like a vanilla ice out. So I don't get sued because yeah. there's, there's go left to right. Mine goes right to left. Like, <laughs> you know, whereas yeah. there's, there's goes, da, 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 da. Ours goes, da, 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 da. It's not the same. Not the same. Not the same. Not the same. <laughs> so, I love that, like, uh, we just both know that interview so well. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it, you know, when I was in, uh, you know, middle school, high school, uh, on any given night, I could turn on VH1 and just watch uh, Vanilla Ice's credibility fall apart <laughs> and burst into flames. Yes, absolutely. That, that and get the, you know, the Leaf Garrett story. Um <laughs> So uh, you you recently took a little horse uh, racing excursion. Uh, went up yeah. for the Haskell at Monmouth. That's yeah. one of my favorite races. Um, yeah. You know, probably the only race I pay attention to in New Jersey, to be fair. But how was it? <laughs> how was Monmouth? It was great. You know, it was, it was surprising. We, uh, you know, a bunch of friends and I went up. We were there for the races on Friday as well as Saturday. Uh, we were all really surprised how kind of empty it was Friday uh, and Saturday, to be honest. It was the first year they were charging uh, $20 for admission. And Ooh. I think uh, COVID was still also maybe in the back of people's minds with the latest outbreaks uh, and uptick. And so we got there at like, we weren't even early. Like we got there like right before post of the first race. And there were tons of picnic tables just wide open for us to sit down at. Uh, and so it was really nice uh, in that regard. And honestly, it didn't start filling up until about the fourth or fifth race. But it was a great day. It was, it was beautiful outside. It was really sunny. Uh, and you know, obviously great, great racing too. I mean, Flavion just went on a roll there at one point, just had his own special pick four. uh, he just won four straight races. Uh, and then the big race, you know, the big experiment with Jack Christopher going two turns for the first time. And, you know, the top of the stretch, he thought he had it, you know, he had that neck po- poked out in front you thought, Hey, here he goes. 
And, uh, you know, Mike Smith went wide and maybe that shouldn't have been the best choice. And, uh, and as I mentioned to you, and I forget if it was off air or on air, but I think it was off air. Whenever there's a big day, I always tell you, Brad Cox and Florent Giroux just happen to show up and kind of, you know, rain on everybody's parade. And while everybody was focused on Taba and uh, Jack Christopher inside rail, there comes Florent up the, up the rail and Cyberknife ends up winning. So it was a really thrilling race in that regard uh, and, a, and a big day, but it, 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 it couldn't help but feel like a little bit of a letdown because everybody really expected Jack and Taba to run one, two, and for somebody right. else to win was right. a little bit of a surprise, but a great day. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cyberknife, or since he's named after a prostate uh, procedure, as I call yes. him, uh, Taint Samurai. Not the first time Taint <laughs> Samurai has cut someone from behind like that. I've seen it happen in the Arkansas Derby. Uh, and it was so underwhelming. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was Bruno. so underwhelming yeah. when he won yeah. the Arkansas Derby. It was like, fucking... Cyberknife, Taint yeah. Samurai. Okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, but- yeah, I know. And now people are mentioning him like with Breeders' Cup Classic. I'm like, but please stop. Like, no. just stop. Like, no. no, he's not. He's a perfectly good horse, but like, no, he's not, well, not that. The only so- thing I could say is that maybe he's a horse that is, as a three year old, came into his his body and his form a little bit later. But I'm not even yeah. sure if that's the case. I also just think that this year's Breeders' Cup field might be a little bit underwhelming. Yeah. And I also wonder, I mean, he's one who I know they talk a lot about mentally. It seems like he's taken a while to get to where he needs to be. He could be a handful to deal with both in the paddock, getting saddled up, uh, getting into the gate. And so maybe he's just maturing, you know, he's, he's getting more races under his belt and he's getting a little bit more mature. He's maybe easier to handle, uh, than he was early on. So that's possible, but you know, if that's the case, I really like a horse like Charge It a lot more, who is also, you know, maturing and figuring out things out and seems to have more upside. Uh, but the one thing that you can't dispute is those gun runners just keep winning. So, yep. Uh, yep. I mean, that was incredibly impressive. And then we saw it, um, you know, in the Amsterdam uh, mm-hmm. the following week, uh, three of the top four were gun runners. Yep. Uh, and so it's just incredible to see that first crop uh, from that sire. And I mean, worth noting, Gunrunner himself was a very late maturing horse. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was my my dark horse pick to win the Kentucky Derby that year. He came back and just fired uh, all sorts of all over the place. His four year old year with the Razorback handicap with the with oh. the uh, Breeders' Cup uh, Classic. We'll talk about all that Breeders' Cup stuff later. <laughs> yes, we've got something way more important, which is New York bred stakes races at Saratoga. This Friday, that's right. We're talking about the late pick five at Saratoga, but we got a bonus for you. Uh, we got the uh, the bastard stakes race that's not in the pick five sequence. Uh, the John Morrissey handicap, which uh, I've been saying for years that New York needed to name a stakes race after the best member of the Smiths. I love it. That's where my mind went too. It's like yeah. the Morrissey, yeah. Like, I just, yeah, I can hear the Smiths. And I can hear Morrissey and it's just like, I need an emo horse uh, to win an emo race. And so I, you know, I love it. Yeah, that's right. We got to find the dark brooding horse. So yes, we're (laughs) going to kick this off with race three on Friday. That's Friday, August 12th, 2022 post time for the third two fifteen Eastern one fifteen central God's time. Uh, It's a six furlong race to John Morrissey handicap uh, $125,000 purse. And it's for three years, years old and upward fold in New York state. Uh, I thought this, 
I thought this was a fairly easy race, just kind of based off of off of what the pace looked like. But I'm interested to hear what you came up with here. Yeah, so I think you and I probably see things similarly in terms of the pace, but I think we both landed. We've landed on different horses, and so I landed on the number six, who is the morning line favorite, NY Traffic, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm gonna call him NY Traffic. I know some people call him New York Traffic. I'm going to call him NY because that's what yeah. it's literally spelled out as. Uh, and so NY Traffic is uh, the six to five morning line favorite. I see the one and two, uh, the number one, number two horse in this uh, field as setting a pretty fast pace. And I think there's going to be pace up front. And I think NY Traffic can sit just off of that pace. He also has the outside post position. So he can position himself a little bit more nicely, I think. It just sets up very nicely, I think, to sit behind the one and two because the one's going to have to go breaking from the inside. And the two, that's its only nature is to break and go to the front. So those two are going to set very fast early fractions, I think. And so I like the the six uh, NY traffic to sit behind that. Uh, it's a Safi uh, horse. And I know Safi sometimes gets a reputation outside of Florida. doesn't do well, but Safi's been doing pretty well this summer. He's been firing. He's won a couple races at Saratoga. He's won races outside of Florida. He won the, uh, you know, he won at uh, Prairie Meadows. He won a big race out there. You know, he's won some races at Monmouth. So he's been winning races outside of Florida. So that barn's doing okay. Uh, Thompson Simpson, I stick by my story. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but Barry Spears would kill me if I didn't work that one in. Lot of mercy. <laughs> That's fantastic. I that, I love the new drops. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, I, and the one thing I'll the final thing I'll say about NY Traffic is, I really think if you're looking back at his running lines, the the race that I'm hoping he replicates is the race that he ran in the Hudson Stakes at Belmont last October, where he kind of sat third and then made the run uh, behind the early pace. So that's kind of the race I'm hoping he replicates. But I know you landed on someone different, but I think for maybe some of the same reasons. Yeah, I mean, it, it was 100% an issue of pace. And what I ended up landing on number four, my boy Taint. I mean, Tate. Uh, and uh, it was <laughs> a lot of it was just because of how the pace shook out. And then I, when I took a look at, deeper into the running lines, what I noticed was every time a race heated up to uh, less than a 23-second opening quarter, the horses won. And mm -hmm. you should have plenty – you should have those sort of speeds. Uh, you know, I, I just – I, I could have gone with with either, quite honestly, with with your pick or or with uh, my boy Tate, and uh, I, I just ended up on on my boy Tate, yeah. um, you know, at the end because eh, I mean, I've got I've got mixed feelings about Safi. Yes, Cuban B. Um. <laughs> so, how I decided to play was I'm definitely going to go ahead and play my boy Tate in as a, a win bet. I, I'm hoping I get pretty good odds. I need to look at the the morning lines, but I have a feeling he's probably going to be fourth or fifth choice. Uh, and then I just I'm leaning into that uh, opinion, going uh, an exacta with the four with the who's my boy Tate over the one and two uh, Saint Selvian. Uh, what do you think now? And then horizontally, if you're going to play any horizontals early. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I feel like this is an asshole single in the early pick five, pick four, the roll pick threes through or double. Mm -hmm. Actually, my boy Tate's the second favorite. Uh, he's really three, three to one. Yeah. Three to one in the morning line um, ahead of um, uh, St. Selby, who's four to one. And what do you think now? Who is seven to two? So all very closely bunched together behind NY traffic. Who's the favorite at six to five. Gotta gotta respect a Michelle Nevin horse taking that sort of 
that sort of heat on the uh, the uh, morning line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how would you uh, play this race if you were wagering it, uh, you know, just for one race or maybe to, to use for uh, ex- uh, horizontals early? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to play the six up top. I'm going to play, uh, you know, a six to win, and I'll probably single the six, honestly. Um, and if I... You know, there's another race later on where I might single as well. So if I want to spread a little bit more, I'd probably go with your uh, four as uh, as well, because that's the other one. I'm not going with the one or two. That's the thing is if you look at this as like a four horse race with the four favorites, I'm not using the one and two because they're going to burn themselves out. So right. now it's OK. Do you want to use the four, the six or the four and six? I think those are your choices. Um, and so I'll probably play like an exact the four six or something like that uh, or six, four, but, um, yeah, I, this one seems kind of like a slam dunk in some ways, uh, in terms of those two being the two that are left standing at the end. Okay. All right. We are going to take the quickest of breaks here at the notorious OTB. And when we come back, we're going to get all, we're done with the, the side dangler, the, the Morrissey. Now we're going to get into the pick five here, uh, where the, where we do the big boy capping. Um, I'm a small man. I would just like to clarify that for the record. I'm like five foot nothing. I, I mean, I'm I'm girthy, I guess, but not in like the good way, just in the fat way. Um, either way, we'll be back with more Notorious OTV brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Thinking about joining WinBet? Now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. Their reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet the MLB. Plus, WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day and where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. There's so much to choose from and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We all like shopping around, trying to find the best prices on our props, on our bets, but there is a tool out there that makes all that shopping easy because it is a one-stop shop. It's called Odds Trader. Now, what is Odds Trader? It's a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can compare all the different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game statistics, injury reports, projected game day weather, so bettors can all make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker, so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activity. You gotta check out odds trader listen it's got all the tools handicapping tools play-by-play updates live scores and bet tracking player statistics key game statistics projected game day weather and that bet tracker that allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activity just go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire odds trader it's the number one site for all your game day bets Welcome back to the Notorious OTB. I'm going to spell my name one more time. Check it. It's the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S. You just lay down slow. It's hot. It's hot. I came up with it myself. I'm just I'm just baiting <laughs> Bolletta Wallace at this point. Like, come get me. Come <laughs> see me. Um, please don't do that. Yeah, don't. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. So. We are back. We're going to be talking about the late pick five that kicks off in race six for this uh, late pick five for Friday. Six race, uh, post time 355 Eastern, 255 God's time. 
And it starts with the Union Avenue Handicap. It's another 125K New York bread stakes race for three-year-olds. It's a six furlong also. Uh, I, yeah. This this was another, you know, shorter field. You know, I guess a little bit longer as opposed to the uh, compared to the rest of the stakes races. But, uh, you know, it's fairly interesting little race here. Uh, what, what did you what did you think with this one? Yeah, it's an interesting race. And and again, I, I think there's some some pace issues. There's some interesting horses that I think are coming back from a little bit of a layoff and, and some horses that are cutting back in distance. And so uh, I think you and I ended up landing on the same choice and actually ended up using the same top two in this one. I think you and I really agree. So Bank on Anna was the horse that I kind of zeroed in on. Uh, second back from the layoff. I mean, it's just that, that's an easy angle to always use, but, it, but it's an effective one. Um, just seems like a very logical choice. Also, the last time out, you know, coming off that layoff faced open company at an allowance race. That's something I typically like to uh, play with these, you know, state bred races is looking at who's faced against open company before and then dropping back in against state breads. Uh, typically, that's kind of almost like dropping down in class, even sure. if you're going from an allowance to a stakes. Uh, this is a very good horse. This is a horse that showed a lot as a juvenile uh, and seems like it's taken a step forward a little bit and matured as a three-year-old. So um, I, I really like this, uh, the four. The other horse, I did. I really wanted to try hard to pick this horse up top, but I really like the three a lot. Uh, and so Mashney Girl, uh, this is a horse that's getting a cutback in distance, going from a mile or a mile and a 16th back to six furlongs. That's a cutback that I think a lot of us like to play. And the nice part is this horse does have early speed. So it's not as if this is a miler with a late kick or a miler that's a plotter. This is a miler who likes to try to wire the field at that routing distance. So this is a horse that has speed that can compete in sprints and go out there. And if you look, those some of those races where you know she's finished a little further back, she's faded at the end. So if she can just use that speed, she's not going to have to worry about that last two furlongs anymore. And she can just go all out for six. At the same time, though, she kind of is a need to lead horse and I'm not sure she gets the lead. And so that was my only concern with the three uh, in terms of picking her up top. So I ended up on the four who, like I said, it's a little bit more chalky, but I like pairing those together in, a, in an exacta. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with you there. Um, I, I think bank on Anna is your, is your winner. Um, like you said, coming out of open competition, you can even, like you said, take the drop from an allowance to a stakes. Uh, you pretty much said it all. This, So I'm going to talk about your second choice, Mashy Girl. I actually, I, I like this this horse to maybe get up and get a piece of the exacta. And the reason being, uh, the horse is definitely a need the lead, kind of maybe quit without it uh, sort mm -hmm. of horse. However, however, I think it's maybe growing out of it a little bit because I'm looking at that last race that was yep. the open open uh, company race where the horse didn't have the lead at the first or second call uh, was, you know, a length back, half a length back and then passed and looked like it just kind of missed timed the ride. And then, you know, let's uh, Saez lost the crop. Um, yeah, I, I like that quite a bit. So I, I'm right there in lockstep with you. I I'm playing it uh, in a single race. I'm going with the win uh, with the, Bank on Anna, number four. And then I'm going to play an exact uh, Bank on Anna, uh, number four, over number two, Secret Love, uh, and number three, Mashney Girl. And then I've got a kind of a, you know, press my opinion uh, trifecta built out where I'm the the four over the two, three, six, the two, three, six, uh, the six being the horse that I really kind of 
took a long look at and decided that I wasn't going going to use horizontally or as a win candidate, but one that has a grinder that that could hit the board written all over it. Yeah, absolutely. And getting the blinkers on as well for that six, uh, which which is usually an angle, which is actually an angle I'm going to play later in this sequence, uh, but is, is an angle I typically like to play, especially with a horse that has demonstrated in the past that it can be forwardly placed and it seems like the last couple of times has struggled and and used to run with blinkers on so it used to have blinkers got the blinkers taken off and was okay for a while and it seems like maybe the horse just i don't know it's gone through a lot of different barns so perhaps just at some point uh you know forgot some of his training and uh or just got mixed signals which can happen with horses and so getting those blinkers back on i do think will be a real positive for that six yeah, I, I'm a big fan of making those equipment changes because if, if nothing else, it lets me know that the trainer is invested in trying different things to get yep. the horse into the winner's circle. So, go ahead. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, heard I, was, I heard the inhale. You can go. Yeah. What you got? <laughs> no, I was just going to say, to your point, I think there's a difference between a horse. I, I think there's a difference between a trainer who's had a horse for 10 races, is dropping him down in class, putting blinkers on. It's like you're throwing the kitchen sink to try to get this horse something versus a horse that is kind of first time with a trainer and the trainer is actually taking some consideration into this. I always see those as two different things. One is just kind of throw the kitchen sink and try to figure, can we get this horse in the winner's circle somehow versus is there a long-term strategy for success with this horse? And, and I think this is the latter. You show me a horse that's adding blinks, first time gelding and adding laces for the first time. Oh, time to get like the I love the oh god yeah throw everything at the horse let's go well throw everything and then subtract two things um <laughs> exactly all right moving on we got race seven uh it's eight or sorry eight furlongs it's on the inner turf it is a non-new york bread it's open competition uh eighty thousand dollar optional claimer uh and it looks like it's got all sorts of SAT math problem conditions <laughs> by the past performances and read them. All right. Uh, you know, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to tee off on this one. First All right. Go here. for it, man. So I, I landed on who I thought was your most likely winner was the, was the three uh, gal in a rush. And this horse is going to be absolutely pounded at the window, I think, yep. but I think it is your most likely winner. However, there's a horse that I will most likely be win betting instead. And that is the nine swift action for Michael Trombetta with Trevor McCarthy up uh, one after a slow start from off the pace in the slop. When a horse wins from off the pace in the slop, it makes me think that it's got that big wide turf hoof uh, that, that, uh, you know, will handle a, a turf course pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the dam hasn't dropped any, uh, any uh, uh, turf winners, but uh, she's also only dropped one full and this was the one and it she's one for one so far. So uh, yeah, I, I really liked this one as a, as one that could maybe come, come from a little bit off the pace. And uh, I really love this workout pattern. Uh, July 25th, they have the big blowout 48 second four for long work at, at a uh, Laurel shipping into uh, uh, Saratoga 5th of August. They work her out. She goes just an easy leg stretcher. Uh, when I see it on Steven Asmussen, I call it the ass man power move. It's just the, <laughs> you know, the, the really just tightening the screws blow out and then just like a loosen up and get relaxed ready for the next race. So uh, I, I definitely think three wins, but I am, I am all over, over the nine swift action here. 
So it's interesting. You and I ended up on some different horses, but we both were attacking a price a little bit. And so I ended up on the four diamond hands uh, at six to one. This is a horse I really like, and I like the running lines in this horse quite a bit. It's uh, just recently gone to the Todd Pletcher barn, uh, used to be in the Clement barn. Uh, so, you know, going from one very successful barn to another, uh, Pletcher is 25% off the claim. You don't see him in that world that very often, but, but it's very successful. Here's the thing I like about this horse. You look at this horse three back uh, in November the 7th race of 2021, broke its maiden over a horse named Oakhurst. Now, Oakhurst promptly goes out and finishes second at a Belmont Stakes race the next out, and then just last week ran in the grade three Saratoga Oaks. Uh, so beat a pretty good horse in its maiden race, uh, and then came back two out and finished second right behind Pizza Bianca, last year's Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner. Then you look at that last race, and I'm willing to draw a line through it because if you look at the fractions, I don't know what Rosario was doing with this horse because if you look at every other race this horse has run, when it goes on the lead, it likes to run 23, 24, second opening quarter, 47, 48 opening half. He's going 26, 51. It's just he's crawling around the track, just inviting the rest of the uh, field in. And just it went, went against everything this horse is kind of programmed to do. And so I think getting a, a new barn, getting Saez in the irons, I think just, you know, you're getting a new jockey. I just think if if Pletcher and Sizer are smart, they go and they look back at this horse's previous running lines, and they realize use the speed, open up five or six lengths on the field on the front end in a New York turf race, and you're gonna have enough to hold on at the end in most cases. So uh, I know it's always risky to go with the early speed in a New York turf race because you never know how it could turn out, but I just think this horse provides a little bit of value, and I think there's something there. There we go, and I mean we don't have to we don't have to wonder what Joel Rosario thinks. It's just. Joel Joel Rosario just he's in his own world of Joel Rosario-ness and and when he's and when he hits it's amazing I mean he gives some of the most spectacular rides you can ever imagine but he also gives some of the most befuddling rides you can ever imagine and and sometimes in the same race and so it's you know it's just it's the same guy who took epicenter to the back you know and and then looks like a genius doing it and so uh you know I just that last race, like I said, I'm just willing to cross the line through that one. And there's actually quite a few horses in this field who were in that last race. And so in a lot of ways, I just kind of tossed that race in general. Cause I was like, that's just such a slow, even by New York turf standards, that's such a slow, uh, such a slow pace. Yeah. You mentioned Joel taking epicenter to the back in, in the gym dandy. Uh, I was watching the track feed and there was, Joel having a face-to-face conversation with, with, uh, uh, you know, his, uh, the, the trainer and oh, yeah. yeah. And what I did was I just basically, I just screen grabbed the picture and then just had the caption of like, yeah, I'm not going to do a fucking thing that you just told me to do. <laughs> you know, you don't tell a, a Joel how to be a Joel, a Joel yeah. just, just bees. That's yeah, it. Very much. So yeah, it's, that's interesting. I don't know what to do with horses that ran against uh, that ran and lost at uh, Del Mar at the Breeders' Cup, and I also don't know what to what how high of esteem to hold horses who ran second, for example, to like Pizza Bianchi, yeah, uh, because or sorry Bianca because it was just such a fuck just a crazy weekend. Also, yeah. I'm really glad that I watched a, a documentary about uh, GameStop um, 
because now I know what diamond hands means uh, because they, they went full on into the, the Reddit Wall Street bets. Uh, oh, see, I don't even know. So, uh, all right. Yeah, di- yeah. Diamond hands is when you hold, you buy a stock and you just you just hold it. You got, oh, you got, got these it. diamond hands. Gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. As, as opposed to paper hands. <laughs> Obvious. Obvious. All right. Yeah. yeah, just oh, all that sweet stuff. So, yeah, I, I thought the most likely winner was Gallon Rush uh, using uh, Swift Action. And the way I'm going to play it, I'm going to bet the nine to win because I think I get a price. I hope I can get it in. And then what I do is I use the trifecta where I use both the three and the nine on top, going three nine with three five nine with three five seven eight nine, and I'll be three seven nine in horizontals. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm spreading out there. I feel I feel like three wins, but also I feel like Joel Rosario fucks me a good amount of the yeah. time so yeah yeah and it, i mean the horse ran a mile once but it's also been sprinting a lot lately and so you know you never know on the stretch out how things go i'm gonna probably play three four five that, that five i think is a real wild card to some extent um and so uh yeah uh, that's uh, those are the three i'll probably use in the sequence all right we are going to take one more quick break here on the notorious otb and when we come back we'll have more of this Saratoga sequence. We'll be right back. Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun for Pick'em and Survivor to Fantasy Pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. We've teamed up with Run Your Pool to host a pool for our official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. It's free to enter, and some amazing prizes will be announced soon. Hop in and reserve your spot. Get in over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. They just passed 4 million users, and now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over and under game. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. With the NFL season right around the corner, Sleeper is the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. The main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks at the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now for their over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com SGP, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Welcome back to the Notorious OTB. Every time I hear that, I think of just 12-year-old me ready to fuck some shit up. Or maybe go to like a, a youth, uh, you know, church youth group and <laughs> yeah. dance and just kind of grind on booties until someone's like, stop doing that. You're at church. <laughs> That's yeah, li- no. literally my childhood in a nutshell right there. Yeah, yeah. That's all a great right. childhood, though. That was a childhood we all had. Like, we all thought we were listening to this these, this music that was, like, so hyped up. And yet, I was living in a very, very mundane suburban lifestyle. 
Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it was like listening to that going to golf practice, you know, like, yeah, very exciting stuff. <laughs> that's, that's good stuff right there. <laughs> exactly. No, that's yeah. high, high, high class. So, <laughs> all right. So coming back, we've got race number eight, the Evan Shipman handicap every time. Yeah. I grew up with, with people named Shipman and it always takes me, even though I'm used to saying it a lot of practice, not to say Shipman. Uh, it is a $125,000 purse. It's one mile on the weird ass mile shoot at, uh, at Saratoga. Um, this is a pretty interesting race. You've got some, some names here. Um, yeah. and you've also got, you know, some not names. You have names for New York breads. Like you have like Seafoam yeah. who, I mean, I don't, can't tell you how many times I tried to get that horse over Mr. Buff and it never, never happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a interesting little race. Uh, what, what did you think here? Yeah, it is an interesting race and you're right. It's coming out of that Wilson shoot. So it, it is, uh, that was one thing I actually kind of put a little bit of priority on was like, do these horses have experience coming out of this shoot? Because it's a little funky. Uh, and I think you also look at the number one horse banquet, obviously a horse whose name I think a lot of people probably know, but also running for the first time since running over made on. That's always a huge question mark for me. I, coming I, back to a New York bread stakes race. That is yeah, fucking weird. It is weird. And I, I, I just, I mean, they're, maybe they're just trying to find a soft landing spot, but I just, I will always play against horses coming back from made on. And I know I can hear people probably saying, Oh, what about Casa Creed? What about art collector? Those are the exceptions to the rule. I mean, you look at a lot of these horses take two, three times out to kind of get back into the right form horse like Shahama that just won the Monmouth Oaks a couple of weeks ago, it took like four races to get back into, you know, prime shape. So a, a lot of these horses I'm willing to play against. Therefore I ended up on the five, uh, Tiergen, uh, who is uh, admittedly stepping up in class, but one coming out of this Wilson shoot just 10 days ago on August 3rd and did it as the overwhelming favorite and did it by 10 lengths. Uh, this horse is clearly ready to step up in class. Uh, and I, this horse is, a, if you just look at a mile distance, this horse is 12 for 14 finishing in the money at a mile. This is a very, very good horse at this distance should sit a really nice trip. Um, I think the four and the seven are going to go. Uh, I think, you know, Tiergan has good early speed, but it's more tactical to sit in a stalking trip and then go launch late. So I like the way this race sets up. I know he's stepping up in class a little bit, kind of short odds. I think it's five to two odds on the morning line. I wouldn't be surprised if they float up though a little bit. So that's my pick. So I don't know if my perception of how these races on the, on the, uh, you know, one mile, was it Wilton or Wilson? Shoot? Oh, Wilton, Wilton. I'm sorry. Wilton. Wilton. Yeah. See, they, they, it, they, they fucked with me. They ran a Wilson stakes out that's of the right. Wilton shoot yes. on the first day. So I know. yes, um, that's what, that's what gets me. But I, I don't know if, I've seen a good number of maiden races running out of the Wilton shoot and it's messing with my perception of what style of runner you need on this yeah. track configuration, but it still seems like you need to be off the pace. Cause it seems like a couple horses always come burning out of there and have a really just easy advantage. It's probably cause of that just pretty sharp turn uh, after going full bore out of it, Go going down the uh, kid's birthday party uh, uh, bumper, Bumper yeah. bowling lanes, uh, because they have to put up the temp rail and make sure no one like hangs yeah. a left. Right, right, uh, right. But I, I wanted to focus on a horse that was gonna be off the uh off the pace a little bit. Yep. And I'll tell you what, Tiergen was extremely appealing, and I decided 
to go elsewhere though. Yeah. And I went with the six market alert, uh, the other Ortiz, um, because I don't know if market alerts a longer price, I can see I just kind of pulling pulling up Tyrion, so market <laughs> alert gets by. Uh, I'm not saying they cheat, <laughs> um, but yeah, the horse has been has been on the steady improve. It won yep. a New York bred graded stakes race uh, last out uh, and did it on like sort of a weird one turn format uh, at uh, at Belmont, uh, going a mile and a sixteenth. So I think this kind of same one turnish sort of thing will will work out well for for market alert um i mean ryerson seems to have this one just kind of dialed up speed figures are there and i i think i want this horse to be just sitting exactly the same trip that it had last time sitting maybe yep. like anywhere from a half to two and a half back and uh to be ready to uh, strike late so i i was on market alert there um so the way I'm playing this, I'm going with a win on six straight up. And then I've got a trifecta using your horse and my horse on top. Five, six with one, five, six with one, five, six, seven. I'm going to go ahead and use one, five, and six uh, horizontally. You know what? No, no. I believe in the Dubai bounce and it would be hypocritical of me <laughs> to, to not just Dubai bounce this horse out of my ticket. So, Fuck it. Bank it. You're out. I'm sticking with the five, six. I love it. Good for you. Yeah. I actually, I, I feel really strongly about this and, and I also spread a little bit more in some other, so to, this is one race where to keep costs down. I would actually single the five. Uh, I really feel strongly about this horse. And so, um, uh, but again, that just, if there are some later races, which we're going to get to in nine and 10, a little bit more spready perhaps. And so if you're not spreading as much there, then I think the five and six make a lot of sense, but I am, absolutely also playing against the one all right let's go race nine the penultimate leg it's five and a half furlongs on the melon turf course it is a new york bred forty thousand dollar maiden claimer uh and it's for fillies and bears three years old and upward worth noting the temporal distance always note the temporal distance on the melon turf at the five and a half sprint it is at 27 feet now we're previously you had to have a whole lot of speed to be able to clear from the inside and uh, not get pinched in from the, uh, by, you know, all the speed coming from the outside. The geometry just works out better here. So inside speed is actually a lot more live than it has been the early part of the meet because of it. Uh, I'm done with my diatribe. What do you got? <laughs> so these are races that, and I, you know, I, I know you've had Barry on before and Barry and I talk a lot about this stuff with like stable duel and things like that. But these are races I absolutely always attack at a price. Uh, I rarely ever use chalk in a maiden in a maiden claiming race. Uh, and so I went to the far outside. And I'm taking a little bit of a swing here on the 10 uh, Lola Lola, who's 15 to one on the morning line. And it's for one of the reasons we mentioned earlier, getting that equipment change, getting the blinks put on uh, and, I can kind of explain this horse's three running lines. So this horse started out sprinting on the turf at six furlongs and, you know, hopped at the start and, and kind of, you know, it's a, it's a debut effort. Wasn't terrible, but, you know, finished seventh out of eight, six back, then goes and stretches out on the dirt and just had a terrible break and just, you know, was eased home basically under Dylan Davis then last time out at Saratoga is going long on the turf again, but at least in that race showed some early tactical speed 
and so showed that there was some speed was sitting second at the first call. Uh, and, and now you're shortening up on distance. You're putting the blinkers on. It's hopefully going to keep this horse engaged, get this horse out there early. I always like the outside post position and sprints. Uh, to your point, though, about the rail, obviously inside speed's a little bit more alive. But I just figured the equipment change and all of this stuff, it just, um, I, I don't know. I'm going to take a swing with this 15 to 1 horse. I, I like it. I, I've got a price that I'm I'm swinging at also. I'm going to go with the first year on the inside, number four, Lacey Underall for Jimmy mm-hmm. Jerkins. Um, You know, I love equipment changes, but I am a fucking simp for weight breaks in races <laughs> like this. And <laughs> yeah. we get we get Jose Gomez up, who I, I've cashed on a few times uh, playing that weight break angle and getting the early speed late, uh, getting the early speed. Uh, so I expect him to gun here. I mean, this horse, uh, I mean, great, great pedigree. We've got a yeah. uh, creative cause on top uh, out of a uh, hurricane run mare. The mares had three horses make the gate. Three of them were winners. Uh, one of them on the turf. Uh, you know, the, the people will say, but, but Wolf, Jim, Jimmy Jerkins is 4% with one time starters. He's 0% with, with debut turf starters. And I say, fuck that. If the horse is live, it's live. It doesn't matter what that percentage says, because you know what? When you, I guarantee those 4% fucking paid. So that's what I'm trying to, I'm, <laughs> I, I mean, I understand there's something to be said for 30% angles yeah. and everything, but there's something, if we think about it, a 30% angle wins three out of 10 times. Right. Fucking swing away. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I used, I used Lacey, uh, yeah, Lacey underall for that one. And, uh, yeah, the way I was playing it, uh, win place on four. I got to think that there's going to be money in the place pool for the four. And then I was an exact box, uh, one, four, five. And then I took all the inside posts horizontally. I went, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five here. This is probably going to be the most expensive pick five ticket I've done on the show yet. Yeah. I like the, uh, I like the eight unqualified, which is a great name, uh, and a great dad pun. Um, but, I like that horse a little bit taking a second crack at this distance and this level finished a really close third last time out and you're getting six to one now, um, which is a decent price. Uh, so I, I don't mind playing that eight underneath a little bit. Uh, and the three and the five, I think both make a lot of sense for different reasons. The three is going back, you know, to the same level uh, and distance from its best effort and it has a top jockey and trainer. And then the five is trying turf for the first time, but the last work was dynamite and it's getting Lasix. And so the five makes a lot of sense too. So, um, you know, I, I, again, going to spread a little, a little bit in this one. All right. We've got one leg left. It's that get money leg. It's <laughs> the last leg, but we're going to make you wait for it. Ooh, tease. Feel titillated. We'll be right back to wrap this up on the notorious OTB brought to you by the sports gambling podcast network. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick from your streaming media. 
Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know what's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com SGP and use the promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV. We made you wait for it the last leg, but here we go. As promised, we're delivering race 10, eight furlongs, a $95,000 N1X allowance for New York breads. It's on the inner turf. Uh, this looks like a clusterfuck of a race, uh, quite <laughs> honestly. Really, it's it's got a little bit of the, I call it moonwalk race uh, quality, where uh, none of the horses really seem to be, want to be on the lead. And so I expect when the gates open that they all start tiptoeing backwards, like to avoid being <laughs> the horse out in front. Yeah. Uh, here, I'll go ahead and just tell you, I, I'm on, I, I took the three, uh, Theodora Grace mm-hmm. uh, as my top pick. I, I figure whoever wins this race is going to be sitting in that amorphous blob of a, of a pace uh, set up uh, up front. So I, I kind of liked uh, Theodora Grace to maybe kick forward. Uh, I have to, you know, there's some risks here. Like I have to trust weekday uh, Irad Ortiz. Um, But yeah, I I, I like Theodora Grace uh, because there just didn't seem to be a real need the lead type horse here. And I thought maybe this one could uh, assert itself. Yeah. It's interesting. You talk about weekday uh, Irad because there are certain jockeys where you're like, oh, they put their riding shoes on today. Like, all right, we're, 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 we're buckled up and ready to roll. Uh, but what always the juxtaposition to that to me was always like Thursday Gulfstream early pick three Louis Saez, who was just like dynamite every day. <laughs> it was like Thursday at Gulfstream, and it's like Louis wins the first freaking four races uh, before everybody else from New York came down. And so it was early meet Saez. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, and my this is a bit of a <laughs> clusterfuck of a race to use your terminology. And I ended up on the six classic Lynn at six to one. This horse has been on the turf three times and it's done well each time. And the debut was a close third second time out broke the maiden going long. It was important to point out the debut was at six furlongs broke its maiden going long. The second, the the last time it was on turf, which was just last time out was fourth in a stakes race, but that was also coming back from a nine month layoff. Uh, So considering that not a bad effort trainer, Joe Sharp, we talked about trainer stats. This is one I actually kind of like. He's winning 35% on second back from a layoff in these conditions. And so this is a horse that clearly needed to get one under its belt, I think, uh, and should run a really big race. And you're getting a decent, uh, you're getting decent odds at six to one on this horse. Uh, so I, I kind of like taking a swing there uh, for that. Like I said, getting Louis Saez, who that's part of the reason I mentioned him, getting him back in the irons uh, should be close to the leaders. Very wide open race, though. The 11 is probably the best horse in the race, but I just hate that post position uh, and will play against that 11 for that reason. Um, and I think, you know, you could look at a few others that make sense. I think the 789 all for one reason or another, you could kind of argue as well. I think the 134 all kind of makes sense, too. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways you could go here. I'm going to plant my flag with the six and, and see where we end up. 
Uh, I mean, the six was one I liked, uh, liked as well. Uh, the nine, I that was one I also liked and did definitely using this horizontal. But also, I mean, I like it for its its horse talent, but I love it for the sneaky good Shawshank Redemption uh, reference here. Yes. It is a a uncaptured filly, yep, yep. named Dufresne. Fantastic, great Brilliant. name, great name. Brilliant. Yes, yep. yep. So yep. I. To to go horizontally, I, I went uh three five six nine to finish it off, and I just tabulated what my ticket is going to cost. And holy god! Um, but <laughs> uh, I I was a uh, win place on the three, and then I went uh, trifecta three five with three five nine with three five six nine ten eleven. Yeah, this is one. Yeah, it's uh, I would say this is one where if you have strong opinions early in the sequence, just you got to single them. And because late, it just gets really tough. Uh, These last two are just, I feel, really wide open races. Absolutely. So that is it. Uh, Let me see. I did the math on my ticket and uh, I'm going to go ahead and just give you everything together. So you don't have to piece it together through uh, the magic of the 15 second back and forth uh, rewind. Well, not rewind, I guess, because there's not tape anymore. But uh, all right, my ticket pick five was three four with three seven nine with five six with one two three four five with three five six nine, and that is a one hundred and twenty dollar ticket for fifty cents. That is the biggest ticket I've put together, um, right. possibly ever. All right, so I'm gonna I'll give you mine, Chase. Can you calculate it when, once I'm done? Uh, mm-hmm. and so. Mine is the three four with the three four five with the five with the three eight ten and then finally with the six eleven one three nine. Forty five dollar ticket for fifty cents. All right. That's not terrible. That's not bad for this sequence. And you know, this this is one with, with these last two races. I feel like I feel more comfortable investing that much in a sequence. I feel like I know is going to pay just big balloons. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of my thought on it. Yeah, Uh, I have a hard, I I have a hard time seeing chalk winning the last two legs of this. (laughs) Some, all right. I don't know who's been, been doing it, but uh, someone has been posting their like huge winning pick five tickets where the ticket wins like 20 grand. Yeah, but for fifty cents, it was like a five thousand dollar ticket. I saw that. Yeah, and like I just I feel so absolutely just conflicted because for one, are you fucking kidding me? And for two, <laughs> the ROI is kind of there. Like you know, yeah. it's 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 still there. So I can't hate it too much. Yeah, but I still fucking hate it because it's. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I my thought is, if you're going to spend that much on a sequence, which is hard to hit, uh, I mean, any sequence is not usually easy to hit. Anybody who thinks it is, you know, everybody's single on Monterey last week and put a lot of tickets up in flames. Um, but I just, in my opinion, if you, I would rather just go on a four to one win bet. <laughs> on a horse that's going off at four to one that I like a lot and put five grand on that and win back 20, 20 plus. Uh, yeah. It's just, it feels like a much less risky investment than putting together this sequence. That's, I mean, granted it's probably pretty well spread, uh, but still I, I just, I don't know. I'd rather just put a lot of money on a horse. I feel 
really good about that's going off of four or five to one and win that way. So I'll, I'll tell you this right now, folks, if you think I'm a chalk eating weasel now, wait till you see me put $5,000 to win on a horse. <laughs> I, I will, I will obliterate a one to nine and be booming it all the way down yeah. the stretch. Just I'm talking, Oh man, like resounding booms, like booms that make ass cheeks clap down, yeah. you know, just absolutely flight just, line in the Pacific classic. I mean, we're, we're putting, yeah, everything on that horse. That's right. Well, and we're getting a hundred bucks back. Woo. Yeah. It, <laughs> always, always think of the guy at Charlie. Yeah. I know it's not just one person who's the, the, uh, the serial bridge jumper at Charlestown, uh, yeah. in, in the show pool. But I like to imagine that it's one person with a Louis Vuitton duffel just filled with hundreds of dollar bills. He's dropping, you know, he's dropping 2000 to show on a horse and getting, you know, like 200 back, you know, it's like <laughs> good risk. Yeah. By the way, good that's risk. my dad. That is my dad. Uh, <laughs> so my dad, my dad loves a show bet and he'll, and he'll, what he really loves to do is sit there. And I remember last year, I want to say maybe it was the breeders cup classic and he liked essential quality and we were in South Carolina, so we can't bet at all anyway. But he was like, oh, theoretically, I put $2 to show on essential quality. And then when it comes back, he acts like he's big deal. He's like, oh, 260 paid off. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. He's so pleased with himself when he wins 60 cents. I love it. <laughs> you got, oh, man. Is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I'll cut it off early. Uh, no, no, dis- in, in case your dad listens, no, no, no. disrespect because you have to, when it pays two sixty, you have to hit him with the, the consummate show better line, which is pays better than a 401k, <laughs> which you're not wrong. Percentage right. wise, you're not wrong. Right. Right. But it's just, it, he kills me with that. And, uh, and so we always have fun with that where he, where he, he will always defend a show bet to, to his death. There we go. Well, what do you got planned for this weekend? Uh, you know, I got, uh, you know, I'll be doing a, uh, every Friday. If you log on to my Twitter at failed to menace, uh, you can check out myself, Barry Spears, Gino Piccola, the three of us do a this weekend stable duel, which is a really fun fantasy horse racing app and game. And so we're going to be handicapping Saratoga, even though, the game isn't up there. We still handicap Saratoga. And then we also uh, are going to highlight Del Mar and some of the races out there and some of the other tracks like Laurel and Gulfstream, et cetera. So always doing that. Just, you know, uh, taking it easy. Got my birthday coming up next weekend, actually. So going to, you know. Happy you early know, birthday. Yeah, thank you very much. And so going to enjoy racing this weekend before getting away from everything next weekend. That is awesome. And uh, make sure you check out, especially if you play Stable Duel, make sure to check out that show. Those are three guys that know how to handicap between between Matthew here, uh, Gino, and uh, other friend of the show, uh, Barry the Sniper Spears. Uh, so, yeah, give that a check. You know, give that, give anything Matthew does uh, a, a listen because he's always, he always brings some pretty, some pretty clutch uh, handicapping takes. Uh, all right. That is it for us here at the Notorious OTB. Man, I'm I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm looking forward to Saratoga. I'm looking forward to Del Mar. I mean, there's going to be like, you know, like, I don't know, preseason football too to be, oh, to be looking forward to. Oh, so. Fantastic. I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So excited for this season. So uh, I, you know, I like your chances. I like your chances this year. 
I certainly like our chances to beat the Cowboys. And so that's really all that matters. Uh, and uh, Andy Reid, the former coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, tells a funny story that his first week uh, he was in Philadelphia. He was at a McDonald's. And if you know the size of Andy Reid, that 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 checks. And so uh, Andy Reid was at a McDonald's and a little old lady came up to him and she goes, I don't care what you do, but you better beat the fucking Cowboys. <laughs> so yes. uh, that is the sentiment in Philadelphia. If you go two and 14, but those two wins are over the Cowboys. It's a good season. So um, just I, I, uh, I think we got a mad, mad respect to the uh, the gift that I hope is preserved uh, forever, which is the Andy Reid punt, pass and kick uh, oh. contest. <laughs> Man child. Yeah, God, <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. That's going to do it here for us at the Notorious OTB. I'll have another episode later this week where we look at the Saturday card for Saratoga. Uh, check out some of the other stuff we do. We got the, the Tilted Land Shark. It's an AUDL gambling podcast. What's the AUDL? It is Professional Ultimate Frisbee. That's right, motherfuckers. It exists. Uh, and this week is the playoffs, so give that a check. And then, uh, yeah, a little Zed Run gambling show with uh, Scott Bowser. Uh, follow the show uh, at Notorious underscore OTB. Give Matthew a follow at Phil to Menace. Give me a follow at Of Oakland. We are out.